You know, uh, we love stories, don't we? Uh, each one of us has, uh, everyone has a story. You know, if, if I were to sit down with you, we could go on and on and on just to kind of talk about who we are and, and what we've been through and what our story is. Uh, for some of you, you, you would say, you know, my story is kind of like a, a roller coaster, you know, it's like, woo, ah, you know, sc- you know crazy. And you never know every, every day uh, could be up or down. Uh, for some of you, uh, it might be a comedy uh, personally, I, sometimes I feel like my life is like the Truman Show. I don't know if you ever saw that. And I'm always like, is someone watching me? You know, like, because I feel like things are a little bit crazy sometimes. Uh, and some of you might think, you know, my life is a drama. And, and other people say, you know, my life, really, a tragedy would be a good way to describe my story. You know, we love, our, we love stories, and, and it's a primary way that our culture communicates is is through this medium of stories that's why that's why we read books and novels because we like to get captured in a story or or we watch movies you know and that's huge uh money maker in our culture and uh, because we love uh, to get drawn in to a story uh how about binge watching netflix anybody anybody a few of you, okay, I have a hunch, it might just be a couple of you, but, but yeah, a few people, you know, like, uh, we, we watch these shows because there's something about a story that engages our hearts, our, uh, and is deeper than just our mind, it engages our very souls. One of the stories maybe that you, uh, the shows that maybe you binge watch is This Is Us, anybody? Anybody watch that? NBC, uh, so, uh, This Is Us, uh, is a popular show uh, that's on TV right now, and I'll be honest, I'm a latecomer to uh, This Is Us, uh, partially because when it came on, um, I saw everybody, my Facebook feed was just blowing up, boom, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, like tears, crying, blah, 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 it's like, how could this be, and it's like, and, and, and so I was like, you know what, it sounds emotional, I'm not a really emotional guy, so, you know, I'm good, right, and, but, I mean, everybody has just been captivated by the show who, who watches it, and so, uh, Beth and I are in the first season we're at right now, and the one thing I will say is this, they have mastered the art of telling a story, like, these guys are really good, and, and basically what they do, I won't ruin anything for you, but the, the show follows this family, and it just jumps through history and, their, and time and, and gives you bits and pieces of, of this family's story in an engaging way. And, and one of the things that makes it so real is it addresses so many real-life issues that a lot of people deal with. Real life. And so it's engaging, in it, and it's meant to move people and to capture people. And so the, the show uh, uh, has, has been popular. And so, you know what? We like, I like the title. So here we are. We're doing this series called This Is Us. Because, you know, we have a story too. Our church has a story. And each and every one of us have our own story. And so, so even if you don't watch the show, that's fine. This isn't about the show. This is about us. This is us. So today as we celebrate 10 years, uh, uh, I want to share bits and pieces of our story. I want to challenge us to, to continue being focused for today. I want to, uh, us to be able to celebrate the past, and I want us to be able to be focused uh, on Jesus for the future. And so uh, and, and along the way, you'll get to hear bits and pieces of people's stories. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be engaging, I think. So our church has been described as a lot of things over the years, uh, a, a lot of them good. Some of them, some of them I won't share with you, but, but, but some of the things I've gotten over the years is, man, this, this place is, is really casual. I'm like, 
okay, that's good. I, I'll take that. I like that because that's on purpose, you know. Like we, we want to be relaxed. And sometimes people say we're too casual. But, but like we want to be relaxed. And, and, and uh, some people say, you know, you're really comfortable. And I'm like, good. We work hard at trying to be a place that's comfortable where people can come in and put their guards down. Or sometimes people say, you know what, you guys are fun. And I'm like, good, you know, like, that's pro- we do that on purpose, too. We, we like to be fun. We like to have fun. I think, you know, people who, who laugh together, you know, will, can grow together, you know. Um, and sometimes uh, we get these things like, you know what, it's really understandable. The things that, ha- like, when you preach or, or when people talk to me, like, I understand it. I never understood so much of the Bible, but, but I'm, I'm understanding it some now. And so, to me, that is, is an incredibly high compliment. And of all the compliments we get, uh, one, one that I love is, is people will say, you know what, you guys love people. And, and so many of you guys have been recipients of that love. You come in and, and, and you, you've experienced uh, something new, something different. And I love hearing all these things about uh, our church. And one of the things that I want our church to be known for and always have is, is I want us to be a place of hope. It wants to be a place of hope where, where, where anyone can come in and, and explore faith with others who are doing their best to follow Jesus. So today, uh, we're talking about being a church for everyone. You know, those who are broken and those who are uh, hurting and those who are hungry for something more. So uh, we're going to be in, uh, look real quick in John chapter 6, and, and Jesus says uh, something very important about himself. And, and so here he goes in John 6, verses 35. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. So, so real quick, Jesus gives us several I am, I am statements, you know, where he says, I am fill in the blank. And every time he does that, it's, it's an important connection with Jesus' identity. Like, Jesus is filling us in, like, hey, this is who I am. And he always does it in a way that really connects with his audience. So, I happen to connect, bless you, I happen to connect with bread. Okay? Anybody else? Baguette, you know? Had bagel this morning? You know? Like, uh, I'm a bread fan. Bring on all the carbs. And, uh, but Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I'm like, I could get into this guy. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I am the bread of life. Of life, then he continues, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So Jesus is sharing us part of his identity. And, and, and he's making a relatable connection with us. I am the bread of life. Like, oh yeah, this is an important detail too. Right before this, Jesus just feeds thousands of people. What does he feed them? bread and fish. And, and honestly, Jesus stole this little boy's lunch. You know what I'm saying? He stole this little boy's lunch, uh, a couple fish and a little... I mean, he, he gave the, the... The kid made out, okay? So he, Jesus is still the good guy. But, but uh, he, 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 a few little loaves of bread, and he multiplies it and feeds the thousands of people that are hungry. And he completely fills their, their belly. He blows everyone's mind. Uh, the disciples are freaking out. How are we going to feed them? Jesus is like, bam! And, and there's enough to fill everyone's belly. So he, he gave them what they needed physically. But then right after that, he got their attention. He, he tells them what they need spiritually. I am the bread of life. You know, whoever believes in me will never be hungry. Who, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
So he's saying, like, I'm going to provide fulfillment and, and sustenance, not for your belly, but for your soul, for, for your restless heart. And then in verse 40, a couple verses later, he says, for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son, that's Jesus, and, and believes in him shall have eternal life and, will, and I will raise them up at the last day. And so church, we are a church for everyone. We are a church for everyone. Uh, one of the questions I get and, and, and have wrestled with myself and, and, and you probably have done as, as well is what is God's will for my life? Anybody ever thought that? What is God's will? Like, like we want to know, like, should I do this or should I do that? Should I marry this person? Should I run? Should I, should I take this job or not? Should I move here or this? And, and we're, we're filled with all these questions. And a lot of times we filter it like, what is God's will? What does God want? And that's a very good question, by the way. But we get bogged down and, and stressed and, and have anxiety. Well, right here, several times in the scriptures, we see Jesus saying, like, this is God's will. Like, we don't have to guess. We don't have to be stressed. We don't have to wait for the writing in the sky. Like, like bam, God lays it in his word. And so this is one of the things that uh, we see. That, that, uh, that my, for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up to that last day. So, so here's, here's what I'm catching. You have more purpose in this life than just to take up air, oxygen. You, you have a bigger purpose than just taking up space. You have more of a purpose than just fumbling around every single day. You have more of a purpose than just nine to five or whatever your daily grind is. You have more of a purpose than that. And that is to know your Heavenly Father. And that's done through Jesus, you have a bigger purpose, and, and God wants everyone to come back to him through Jesus. You know, that's the story of the Bible, you know, that God created all things. He created things perfect and good. There was unity. There, there was beauty. There was no, uh, no bad relationship between people and between God and people. Things were perfect. Can you imagine that? Like, here's the thing. We, we catch glimpses of God's intention for us today. We still see beauty, don't we? We still experience love, and, and we still experience connection and, and fulfillment. We still experience all these things today, but we experience them through, excuse me for, you're on the spit row. Uh, we experience them through pain. We experience beauty often through mess, you know? We experience good relationships because we know bad relationships and so we still bear the mark of our forefathers who rejected God's way and sin entered into into the human race and so there's this brokenness there's a separation where we went off course from the way that God had originally laid things out and we are here today living that story out today things are out of whack and our most importantly our relationship with our heavenly father who's perfect who's holy who's righteous has been severed but but God sent his son Jesus to take care of that problem you know of sin for once and for all by paying the price by dying on a cross and and so we we see this that God wants everyone to come to know him 
That is God's will. So what is God's will? God wants us to know him. What's God's will for your family? God wants them to know God, him, through Jesus. What's God's will for your neighbor? What's God's will for those who, who, who you would think would never step foot in a church building? Like we, we know. We know what God's will is for them. God wants and longs for everyone to know him. You know, the very first, the day that the church launched, not our church, the church launched, uh, uh, Peter was preaching, Acts chapter 2, verse 21. And he says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so we see that this message of Jesus, it has this vibe. It's for everyone, everyone who, who believes, everyone who trusts, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. It, the message of Jesus is for everyone. We see in Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, he says something very similar. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That's the good news, okay? That's the story of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. So we're a church for everyone. This, this is us, you know? This is who we are. You know, this is part of our story is we exist to be a church for everyone. And, and we have one rule here. Can y'all help me out with that? No perfect people allowed. You like our new shirts? So, oh, yeah. so uh, no perfect people allowed is the one rule we have here. So, so back before 10 years ago when we were still in the garage and, and uh, uh, trying to figure out uh, and plan and prepare. We, we came across this book, No Perfect People Allowed, by this guy named John Burke, a pastor out in Texas. And so we read this as, as a group, and, and it really challenged us to, to, to think differently. It really challenged us to kind of uh, think outside of ourselves. And, 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 and rest assured, this is like one of the first major lessons I learned in ministry. Like, man, people are messed up, okay? It's probably not the words I used to say, but, but people, people are messed up. And, and so no perfect people allowed it challenged the way we thought. It helped, us, uh, it helped us create a culture where people could come as they were, you know. But first we had to come to grips with this, that, that we aren't perfect ourselves. Sometimes religious people have a tendency to think, you know, a little bit more highly of themselves than they are, you know, or should. And so I'm here to tell you that you don't have the perfect church, Okay. We're not the perfect church. You could go find a better church somewhere else. I'll just tell you that. You don't have the perfect pastor. My wife was here. She would, she, she's teaching, but she would amen that thing so hard. Okay? You, you know? In which I would tell her to shush. I, I, I would straight up tell her shush. No way. So. I talk big when she's not here. So. Um, you know, but none of us are perfect. And what no perfect people allowed means we're just being honest about ourselves. We're just being honest about those around us. We're being honest about those outside of the walls here. That, man, we're all on this same playing field that we all fall short, as the scripture says, of God's glorious, God's standard for our life. We all have this broken relationship with God that there's not a thing that we can do to earn it back, to make our way back to him, except Jesus who fills in that gap. And so we are a church for everyone. 
Every one of us is broken, and, and all of us need this bread of life, Jesus. And so a church for everyone, it comes to grips with this rule, no perfect people allowed. Um, years ago, uh, there's this band, Lost Dogs, you probably haven't heard of them, but they came out with a song uh, called Breathe Deep. And basically, it, the song is a laundry list of, of people, types of people, and, and it has this resounding chorus, Breathe Deep, the breath of God. And so I'll read a couple of verses from you, uh, for you. And, and this list isn't justifying these people. It's not saying all this stuff is okay, but it's saying, man, all, we ha all have this same need for God. It goes like this, politicians, morticians, Philistines, homophobes, skinheads, deadheads, tax evaders, street kids, alcoholics, workaholics, wise guys, dimwits, blue collars, white collars, warmongers, peaceniks. And it says, breathe deep, breathe deep the breath of God. Breathe deep, breathe deep the breath of God. Then it continues, evolutionists, creationists, perverts, slumlords, deadbeats, athletes, Protestants, Catholics, housewives, neophytes, pro-choice, pro-life, misogynists, monogamists, philanthropists, blacks, and white. And it continues, gays and lesbians, demagogues and thespians, the disabled, preachers, doctors and teachers, meat eaters, wife beaters, judges and juries, Long hairs, no hairs, everybody, everywhere. Breathe deep. Breathe deep the breath of God. Breathe deep. Breathe deep the breath of God. Man, we all need Jesus. Everyone. Everyone. So we're going to be a church for everyone. This is us. This is us. I love this verse in Ephesians 2. Paul is writing to uh, the church at Ephesus, but, but they're not primarily Jewish, okay? And so he writes to them, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and so he says, through Jesus, through the finished work of Jesus, the cross, you Gentiles, you non-Jews people, so the Gentiles were people who were not Jews, God revealed himself initially through the Jewish people, and God uh, uh, brought about his plan of salvation through the Jews that was to be shared with the whole world. So the Gentiles were kind of out in the dark at, at that point. And so, so he's saying, look, now through Jesus, you were once far away, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. And Paul is saying, like, like through Jesus, like this kingdom of God thing has a way of turning outsiders into insiders. People who are on the outside of things looking in can now have the chance to be on the inside of this relationship with God. It's no longer us and them. It's, it's everyone. The kingdom of God has a way of turning outsiders into insiders, and we want to play a part in that. And it's not because the insiders have all the answers. It's not because insiders are so much better. It's not because we're perfect, and it's not because insiders... Uh, uh, are necessarily better but it's because insiders all the insiders were outsiders at some point and so we we're going to continue to create a place to create an atmosphere to create a culture where everyone that comes into contact with us can experience jesus now here's the catch when we're a church for everyone it's not about someone, not about person, 
or a group of people. When, when, when we are a church for everyone, it's not about us. That's not as fun, is it? When we're a church for everyone, it's not about keeping it clean or playing it safe. When we're a church for everyone, man, we come in contact with people who are hurting and broken and people who need help and, and, and helping people find what they need and, and loving people just like Jesus calls us to. It's our job to bring hope to the world by introducing them to the love of God, which is given to us through Jesus. If you're here today, maybe... Um, maybe you don't quite buy all this Jesus stuff, and maybe you still have questions or doubts, or or you're trying to you're you're flirting with it and trying to figure out what it all means, if it's real, if it's true. Uh, maybe you you have a uh, you've been hurt by church or by religious people in the past. Maybe you think you know I've done way too much junk, you know, and God God's done with me. And I just want you to know, man, we are a church for you. And, 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 and here you, you can journey, you can learn, you can seek uh, truth along with those who will pray for you, encourage you, and, and help you uh, in any way you can. Because the kingdom of God is for everyone. All who look on Jesus. And that means you, that means those guys. This church is for everyone. This is us.